Hey everyone, this is Eric, and welcome to the CBC Podcast Behind the Pulpit. This Sunday, we continue with our Christmas series, and I talked about the good news of the Word from the Gospel of John. Today, I'll be joined by Nick and John to discuss Sunday's message. Hope you enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. All right. Well, I'm here with uh, Nick and John. Welcome, both of you guys. It's good to be here. Good morning. All right, so this Sunday we continued our, our series, Good News of Great Joy, and I talked about um, the good news of the Word, and we looked at how the Apostle John presents his version of the good news um, through his gospel. And But before we get into that, you know, in light of kind of the Christmas season and, you know, we, as we talk about good news, I kind of want to get your perspective and your thoughts on kind of how do you, how do you guys experience this Christmas season? You guys like it? Is it? stressful but just in general uh, what comes to mind or what are you kind of feeling right now as we're right in the middle of it i love it i enjoy the christmas season always have um i think the business of it and the chaos of going and gifts and trying to make every party and uh stay upbeat day in and day out and week after week can sometimes be draining but i mean if that's the worst part of it then uh, that's nothing and i I, yeah overall it's been it's always been a joy uh this season i I think it's been a nice pace i feel like um yeah church has been good family's been good uh therefore yeah life and god has been so good and i've really enjoyed um I think so far December, yeah, hasn't been too hectic. It's just been kind of nice, and it's it's a good pace, and I hope to continue that all the way to Christmas. Wow, that's uh, that's awesome that you can say that to say day after day grinding, <laughs> yeah. But it's not bad, you know. But no, that's awesome, and that's always something. Um, just your ability to enjoy life, John, uh, and I think it comes out in this season. Um, what about for you, Nick? I think for me, it's a mix of sorting through the cynicism and embracing the little things. Mm-hmm. So um, my wife loves Christmas, loves the season, loves a lot of things about it that are not necessarily religious. You know, the Starbucks cups, the Christmas lights, the Christmas tree. So as long as it's somewhat manageable. So like my wife kind of knows I'm easily overwhelmed. So she does almost all the Christmas shopping and I, I think it's all done. So that takes a load off. You know, the Christmas tree thing we usually do right after Thanksgiving. Um, I think I, I opened my mouth maybe a little too early. I said I'd put up some simple Christmas lights <laughs> outside of our house this year. And I, I bought them. I still don't have them <laughs> up. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, for me, it's, it's a mix of, I think, trying to appreciate what other people appreciate. And... I think leaning into the things that God can do from a ministry perspective, even amidst of all the secularization of Christmas, the materialism, all the things that I think I wrestle with, um, but I think there's still an opportunity there. Um, so, yeah, kind of a mixed bag for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely resonate a little more with Nick. <laughs> you know, where. Um, yeah, I think every year because it, you know I can get busy around church and ministry that sometimes I just like I just want to get through it, mm-hmm. and, and I think this year I have every intention of wanting to enjoy it. 
you know, pausing to just be grateful and spend the extra time with family and kids. Uh, but kind of a similar boat, like it's sad to say, but we don't, you know, we don't do, we never, we haven't had a Christmas tree in quite some time. We don't put up lights. Um, Amber just got this like small little light decoration we've hung up that we put up in our house. Uh, she got on like Black Friday. And the other day I made some comment like, you know, one of these years kids like we'll put up lights and they're like, we have lights, you know, that little tree inside. And I just felt so bad for them, you know. But um, yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a, it's that it's just that paradox. Um, I think for everybody, right, it can get so busy and yeah. and just to view as like a, uh, a just long to do list of things to do, parties to attend, um, and sometimes it's easy to kind of pause and just enjoy it and to be grateful and, and have fun with it. Um, kind of in light of that, um, you know, as we're doing this series, Good News of Great Joy, we're talking about the different aspects of it. When you think about the good news of Christmas, you know, what comes to mind? And, and I say that because, you know, especially for us who've been doing ministry for a while, like it can sometimes feel like an annual thing. It can sometimes feel like, okay, it's that time of year again where we have to talk about that. Uh, so kind of just, you know, kind of honestly, you know, for better, for worse, what kind of comes to mind when you hear that phrase, good news of great joy? I still think about Jesus. I I, I mean, that's, that is what <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I should say. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it is, it's still something to celebrate and to, to get excited about. And I, I do it. It's a great reminder of why we're here and what we do year round, but to kind of bring it uh, very specific and, you know, the coming of Jesus, the birth of our King uh, and and the whole meanings of, of why we gather, why we eat, why we exchange gifts. Um, it does make sense. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice, John. I think for me, the word that still always sort of captures, I think my passions is incarnation. Hmm. So you touched on it on Sunday, the idea of, of God tenting with us, tabernacling with us. Um, I think always causes me to pause a little bit, hmm. I think, and think about the magnitude of this invisible, infinite God entering space and time in a pretty messed up world in order to promise something that we actually still look forward to. Hmm. Um and I think it causes me to pause and think about, do, do I still trust that? You know, what, what, is, what are the ramifications mm. for, for my life and, and my faith and, and serving in ministry because of that? So, so yeah, incarnation. Yeah. Wow. Thank Yeah. Both of you guys. I mean, just that genuine reminder of, of why this season is so important, uh, why it's so meaningful, uh, you know, getting very specific and talking about incarnation and, just this reality of God coming to be with us. Um, you know, I think it's, I mean, for most Christians, if you've been around church for a while, like we know this, mm-hmm. right? And as we really sit and think about it, it kind of brings to the surface how profound and how amazing that is. Yet it's so easy to go throughout the Christmas season or even go throughout the entire year and just somehow like, I don't know if it's we take it for granted. I don't know if it's like we lose sight of it. But but what are the challenges that oftentimes make that 
idea, this truth, um, not necessarily hard to grasp, but sometimes, you know, like sometimes it's not as moving as it should be mm-hmm. and, and kind of want to get your thoughts on why you think that is. I think there are a lot of reasons. I mean, one, Christmas in general, I, I think, in a society that, you know, we're trying to be politically correct, you know, we don't want to make the same as- assumptions that people take this for granted or believe the same things or celebrate the same things. Um, I think the commercialism goes a little bit deeper, I think, in our society. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just in general, in a, a Christian religious subculture, there are so many other things that we do hmm. that the centrality of God breaking into our world, I think is easy to either get lost or get glossed over. Mm. Um, and it sort of, I think everything kind of gets thrown in that mix of, of warm feelings and things that are family friendly, uh, things that are positive, morally speaking. Um, that it, I think it, it is easy to f- forget that Jesus's um, life and his claims are, are pretty radical and pretty pretty disruptive if, if you think about the flow of of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I, th- I think there are a lot of factors that go into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. What do you think, John? I think that it's the idea that you know with all the business and chaos and distractions, it is very easy to, in my mind, just say, if I can just get through this month, I'll be okay. Or mm-hmm. if I can just focus on, you know, oh, January, New Year, start fresh. But December is going to be tough. It's going to be hard because there's so much. I can't even breathe. So... I'm just going to take a deep breath and sprint through it as fast as I can. And if I can come out the other side alive, that's a win. So you got to miss everything if you do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, what do you What do you see in kind of the youth these days, um, and kind of in kind of this season uh, for them? And then as a as a youth pastor, and you've been serving with the kids for such a long time, what kind of things do you do to to kind of really teach and impart just how significant that this not just this time of year is, but uh, the good news that, that we have because of this. Yeah, with youth, it's um, growing up even uh, as a youth, it's Christmas is all about the gifts. It's all about the presence. What can I get? What do I need or want? It's the latest uh, phone or gadget, electronic toy. Uh, what will make me cool when I come back to school? Uh, clothes, whatever it is, it's always um, gifts, gifts. Like, what do I want? Biggest, coolest present, that's mine. We do gift exchanges. We do all kinds of things. We feed this a lot, and I, I like it. I still love it. We still do that on Fridays. We have a big gift exchange, and it's still a lot of fun to see, okay, who, who brings what and who walks away with what. And, you know, someone opens something, and it's – uh not as fun it was oh and they're stuck with that the whole night and then you see a hot gift get stolen three or four times you know then it's you know like everyone's like i wanted that um so it, it's 
it's hard because we do that on a Friday, so it's hard to teach, like, <laughs> you know, the good news is not that. It's all about giving and Jesus when we say, uh, in reality, we're telling the kids to bring these awesome gifts, and they're stealing it from each other. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how do I do that better? Um, well, this Friday, we're actually doing this lesson where we're, we're going to do that thing with uh, the lady you met, Penny. Yeah. Where we oh, can nice. donate uh, oh, awesome. jackets and mm. blankets to an organization to give to the less fortunate. Yeah. So I'm going to give a message and encourage the kids to do that. So I think that's a great way. Very tangible, mm-hmm. uh, very loving, very uh, Jesus uh, Christmas kind of thing. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, that was, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You know, just for those listening, um, I... I committed our small group to collect some blankets and, and jackets to hand out at a Toys for Tots event in downtown Fullerton um, that serves the, the homeless and the low-income uh, population there. And uh, this lady that I've been working with, she invited us to come and set up a table and obviously hand out the jackets and blankets, but to also pray with people and to share the gospel with them and to invite them to church. Um, and it's something to, to bring the kids to. And I realized there aren't a lot of things that I can bring my young kids to, mm. to help serve. And, you know, if there's anything that I want them to take away from, from Christmas, it, it wouldn't necessarily even be the head knowledge of, of Jesus. I, I would want them to experience um, just getting outside of their world, their comfort zone a little bit and, uh, and to give, to give generously and in a way that's, that's tangible. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I appreciate you letting me be a part of that, John. And, and, kind of doing that with the youth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, kind of jumping into the message a little bit as we, you know, I talked about um, just John's version, right, of how he presents the good news and focusing on Jesus as the word. And um, and I think the point I made was is just the great lengths that God went to reveal himself and how much John wants you to know that from the get-go. So kind of just Want to get your thoughts, you know, as you guys were listening to it, any questions, anything confusing, or just anything that you feel is worth reemphasizing. Um, uh, but yeah, just what came to your mind uh, during that time? Yeah, that was really good how you sort of broke that down. A, a very familiar passage, I think, for a lot of us uh, to remind us uh, how profound that is. I mean, to me, what stands out from the sermon was um, you're talking about visiting model homes and kind of having that conversation with God. And, um, you know, on one hand, it, it, it's really comical and kind of depressing. <laughs> I think we, we, we get what you're saying. You know, we're drawn to not just the model homes, but the malls, the, you know, these things that basically promise a better life. Mm-hmm. And for you to have this moment to realize, well, well, just for me to be able to converse with God, you know, on this level with this honesty and that he hears me. Um, how amazing is that? Mm, yeah. Um, so that, that definitely jumped out to me, you mm. know, and, and sort of um, reminded me of something that I think is really easy as I think individualistic Westerners to take for granted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> cool no good good honest answer um yeah you know i think one of the 
you know, what was interesting in preparing it, and we talked a little bit last week, was, you know, anything like a Christmas series in general is, how do you kind of communicate something that has already been communicated over and over, Mm -hmm. you know? And as I jumped into this one, and I was like, okay, what's John trying to communicate? Okay, first, Jesus is the Word. You know, Word is ultimately, you know, the revelation. Like, okay, God wants to be known. He wants to have a relationship with us. That's the main point. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, like, what else? (laughs) You know, like, there's got to be something more profound, more interesting, more exciting. And then coming back to this realization of, like, what can be more? Like, Mm. what else is there? But But I think there is that kind of tension maybe in a lot of us, right? Like, is I don't know if it's just because we've heard it over and over, but sometimes it's easy to take that, for granted like you were saying nick where we just kind of when you sit and you think about it how amazing it is Mm -hmm. but a lot of times it's something like oh yeah everybody knows that like been there done that and we're looking for something more but when we think about it like no that's that's it Mm -hmm. and you know i want to kind of get your thoughts and just speak into that of you know, just this this Christian life that, that we're on, why is that so hard? And I know we talked about a little bit already, but why is that so hard and what are the things we can do to kind of grow in a sense of awe, you know, rather than the other way around where we're, we just kind of get more and more just numb to it, that in, in actuality we're, we're becoming more and more in awe of that. Yeah, obviously I can't speak for everybody in our society but i I think in a lot of christian circles there's often a disjunct or disconnect between what we're studying uh, what we intellectually uh, agreed to be true you know when we engage the word uh, scripture uh, and and what we experience i mean obviously there are charismatic circles that are maybe a little bit different other parts of the world i think experience uh, god differently but I think it, it is easy to gloss over some of these ideas mm. um, and pass them off as, as merely ideas. Um, and again, I can't speak for everyone, but, but I do feel like because we're a society that gravitates toward comfort and God, I think, is found in the uncomfortable places, um, mm. it's easy for us to miss the experiential part of the gospel. Mm. Um, you know, things like praying for daily bread or praying for forgiveness you know, if we live lives that we, we actually have fast food on every corner, you know, like we're not really relying on God for rain and, and crops and food. And, you know, the idea of forgiveness is kind of just kind of thrown around somewhat loosely. Um, and um, I mean, I know the thought that, that I had too, is I, I think reading, reading through the new Testament that it, at least for the, for the Jewish listeners, they have this whole legacy of faith and understanding of God that culminated in the good news of, of the Christian gospel, mm. which was revolutionary. Whereas I think as, as a secular society, we don't really have that base. It's mm. just kind of, here's this idea and we don't have that, that background and that legacy. Mm. And so I think it's, it's less impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Any thoughts on that, John? Yeah, just that the word, yeah, I think the way you talked about it, the way that 
in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God. And, uh, that introduction, um, you know, becomes powerful and intimate, and uh, the idea of relationship and God wanting to have that with you. Um, sometimes, I mean, that's everything, but sometimes that sounds boring. And I think mm. for myself, growing up, I, I've heard all these things, and it's I've fallen away from reading sometimes because I feel like I don't, you know, I feel, oh, I've read enough Bible for the rest of my life. And <laughs> yeah. I don't need this anymore. I can preach it if I need to. I've memorized enough scripture. But then I fall short, or then I, you know, lose, I think, the intimacy and the love for God speaking directly to me where I'm at again. And kind of recently, again, I've simply opened up the Word and uh, started to write down Scripture, to memorize Scripture, to read things that I've read a thousand times before, but it's it's still good. It's still fresh, and there's still mm-hmm. nothing like mm-hmm. that. So the Word, it's it's never never gets stale, never gets old. It's something that... Uh, in my mind, I think is boring at times, but that's just a trap for me to say, you know what? I, I don't really, I don't really need this anymore, but it, it is, it's all I need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That's powerful. Yeah. I mean, keep kind of dig de- a little deeper in that because I think both of you guys shared something that's really true and deep of like, it's easy to, to become numb to it. It's easy to kind of, for this disconnect, there's, there's things we can do. There's things you guys have each have done. Um, you see the difference between kind of that Jewish understanding of, of God and, and our culture today. So maybe for someone listening who goes, you know, like, I recognize a disconnect between what I know intellectually and what I feel subjectively, relationally every day. Like, I know there's a disconnect. Like, mm-hmm. What can I do mm-hmm. practically to kind of bridge that gap? You know, and and I know we don't have all the answers, but just kind of from your perspective, what would you encourage them with, whether it's a youth, you know, a junior higher or a high schooler, whether it's grown adult, family, kids, just anywhere in that spectrum. But just, you know, because I think at the end of the day, that's kind of like the nuts and bolts of what this life is about, mm. right? And walking with Jesus on this side of heaven, uh, of being able to experience that relationship where there isn't that disconnect. Like everything we read even that's true, like we're actually able to like live it, mm-hmm. um, you know, so not trying to put you on the spot to give us a one answer, one end all be all answer, but just how would you encourage that person who recognizes there's a disconnect mm-hmm. um, and wants to grow closer? Yeah, I think the thing that comes to mind there is to pray for it. Mm. And it's always one of those scary things to pray for because like nobody wants to pray for humility. No one wants to pray for brokenness. But it's one of those things that I think as we pray for, God begins to open up doors for us to practically experience his grace. And, you know, most of us know that have, have been kind of doing this Christian thing for a while is, is that that growth that change in perspective often comes through some sort of pain, some sort of trial. Mm. So it's a hard thing to pray for Mm. um and i do feel like the other thing at at least for me has been an openness to engage with different types of people Mm. and to ask god to give perspective and and to learn from from other people's i think experiences um like for for me i've been i've been training at this uh kind of mma karate academy and i get people from all over different walks of life and um 
it's really interesting. There's this one kid, I say kid, he's probably, I don't know, late twenties. Um, who's just getting out of drug rehab, hmm. uh, but, but a Christian. And, and it was, it was God who he believes kind of pulled him out and, and has day to day kind of given him, him his life back. Uh, and he comes from a Calvary background. And so Calvary's big on, on kind of a very specific hermeneutic, you know, big on the word. Have you spent time in the word today? Um, and he was really growing from that. And so, uh, as we kind of talked and he kind of, it kind of came with that. I was a pastor it was interesting because then I was able then to just meet him in his paradigm and say like, well, hey, you know, God says this in scripture here and God says this in scripture here. And I was actually really refreshed to hear his story and then to just pour scripture into him uh, on the mat, you know, as, mm-hmm. as we're hitting bags and rolling around. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I was blessed by that to see, okay, God works in this person's life um, this way. And I got to kind of be a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. That's awesome. What are you, John? Yeah, this year it's been nice. I've kind of gotten back into a, like a one-two step of writing, uh, encouragement notes to both staff and to the students. But what's really helped is, so on one side I'd write the note, on the other side I'd write scripture. And that allowed me to, to you know, to read, to write, and to let it sink in to my mind and to my heart and to hopefully memorize what I'm writing. And then from there, I the second part was when I go on my run walks, instead of blasting music, just turn it off for a little bit. And this was Donna's idea. Thank you. Uh, and just listen to God mm-hmm. and allow him to speak to you through that scripture and through prayer and for me to talk back in prayer. So these two things have really gone a long way Yeah, this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's something that's really been powerful for you and being able to incorporate those things. And as you've been working, you know, as you work with youth throughout the years, what are things that you do to help them develop that relationship, right? To, you know, if a kid comes up to you and I remember a youth having those questions, right? Like, like, I know this stuff is true. I believe it to be true that God, you know, he's near, that he loves me, but like, I can't feel it. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what, what can I do? Like, how would you respond to them? I think in the same way to, um, I would encourage them to uh, to turn to the Word to mm. understand that you know God's Word is inspired is it's it's from God, uh, so to to be able to read it and to be able to, to speak back to Him personally, so the same idea, but just for themselves. Uh, on a Friday night, we talk and pray with the kids. Uh, we have worship times. We try to create environments, stations where they can let down their guard and where they feel safe enough to, uh, to, to cry, to, to speak what's going on in their, their weeks and their lives. And I think those give us a gauge and an opportunity for myself and the staff to come around them and just to be with them, to redirect them to the cross, to, uh, to love on them and to pray with them. And it was cool because last week we, we opened up the stage and we kind of had the sharing time and, I'd say everyone, every single kid was able to go up and share a little bit in front of everyone, kind of like what they've been going through, good mm-hmm. and bad. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of a testimony of uh, where they're at with God. And uh, it was very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Were there any common themes that stood out in terms of what they all shared? It was nice because, yeah, there was there was struggle. There was all uh, 
this this background of life is tough, uh, but God is good. And there was a lot. The coolest part was there was, there was a prompt uh, that I asked, and it kind of uh, gave light to the best is yet to come. And I, I let them kind of finish, like, why is that? And mm. everyone was excited about that. Like, you know what? The best is yet to come. Because of God, the best is yet to come because of this season. The best is yet to come because I can't wait for uh, volleyball or retreat or like there mm-hmm. was a lot of hope in the group. There was a lot of pain you could feel through just classes and and school and pressure. But to end the night on kind of a celebration, I think that was the right touch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, how about you, man? What are your thoughts on that? Um, yeah, I, well, I definitely if resonate with what you're both saying in terms of you know praying for it. I mean, asking for it is just to recognize it and ask for it is such a profound thing and a scary prayer. You know, like God, do whatever it takes, <laughs> and that's a scary thing to pray for. Um, but it's to me, I'm always like, why would God say no to that? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's almost like you know that's a guaranteed He's going to say yes, and then you just got to <laughs> ride that one out, right? Yeah. Um, you know, being around different people, uh, you know, spending time in the word and, and just kind of piggybacking off what you mentioned with the youth, John, I did think, you know, starting with the struggles you have, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I think we all have frustrations, pains, worries, fears about something in life. And for whatever reason, I think a lot of times we just assume either God doesn't care, he's unable, he's not interested so if that's kind of our starting point, then we automatically already feel a disconnect. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know where God is. He seems so far. He seems so distant. I have this stuff going on, but he's either not going to help me, doesn't want to help me, isn't able to help me. What can I do? And I think those things are probably a good place to start, mm-hmm. right? That there's there's a vulnerability, a yeah. humility, kind of a recognizable need in our life. Yeah. Like, we have a need that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. And by just allowing God to move in that place, whether it's to turn to the word in light of those needs or, or pray in light of those needs or go to people in light of those needs. Um, yeah, I think it's like you said, right? I mean, a lot of times God moves, Nick, when we're going through trials, through mm-hmm. trials, right? As John shared with the youth, they they know, they recognize their problems, right? And as they allow just their mind to go there in light of God, a lot of time hope begins to, to rise to the surface. And, you know, then I think that at that point to see how God moves and how he might speak, mm-hmm. how he might reveal things, um, encourage you, whatever it might be. But I think allowing yourself to go there, to not, uh, to not only doubt that God wants to move there, but to not put the blame on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, like, well, it's cause I'm, I messed up, but I'm going through this mm-hmm. or, but just say, no, whatever reason, this is a need I have. And, and God loves us and more than likely that's a place he wants to start mm-hmm. and, and to start there. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing. Other thing that if, if you don't mind me asking, no, like, yeah, that always jumped out at me from kind of your preaching and your parenting was that you do have a very intentional style. I think with your daughters, when it comes to faith, that you have these conversations and the sermon you're talking about, uh, I think you're talking to Carly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> And her line was like, well, if God is present, if God loves me, like, why am I still here? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I always admire that because I think for me, I mean, we're just different people, you know, but I, I struggle to engage my girls in meaningful spiritual dialogue. Um, what are certain things that you do intentionally to, to engage that and to open up those doors? Um, I mean, I'll be honest, it's a struggle too. So it's not like we're having those conversations all the time. Um, you know, I think, um, so yeah, I think that's one thing where it's, it's not all the time and it's a struggle. I do, you know, I think the one thing that drives me, you know, this whole, and we've talked about, I mean, my heart is this idea of grace, right? And we have this heavenly father who just wants to show us grace and, and we've talked about all the different reasons why that's hard for us to embrace. And a lot of times it has to do with our earthly dads or, and if we didn't experience it through the earthly fathers and it, you know, yeah. so I think that's something from day one of like, okay, like if, if I'm the best tool, you know, like God can use anybody though, right. but like right now I'm kind of like the, the, the one who can model them grace as much as I possibly can then, then that's kind of my primary. Now I fall all the time. So that's kind of the intentional part of that, of just going out of my way to tell, tell them that, that I love them, that mm -hmm. I care about them. I'm proud of them. I, I love being their dad. I love that they're my daughter. So a lot of it is not even like spiritual in that sense. You know, mm -hmm. the Bible says, but it's just showing them what, what love can be like. Mm -hmm. And I think because in those situations, then, in, in those moments, if I can then connect that to God somehow, mm. that's, that's kind of, I would say the majority of what I'm trying to do, not all the time, but yeah, yeah. you know, as much as I can, or if I do mess up, yeah. be like, Hey, sorry. Like mm. I shouldn't have said that. I was impatient. That was my fault. I'm angry. God's not like that. Mm. <laughs> and I'll just throw it in there because I don't want to like, you know, yeah, yeah. have him, have them associate that. Um, so because I think I'm thinking about that, mm. then in those moments where I see like, you know, that was an obvious one where Carly's, you know, she's upset yeah, um, that she's in California, not in Arizona in that moment. And some I didn't share on Sunday, but she, a lot of it is she blames it on me mm. because we came to California because of this calling here, the, yeah. the ministry position here, right? So in that sense, you know, I think I'm, I'm extra sensitive to it. Not, not necessarily for me, but I don't want her to blame God for it. Right. You know, um, and I know ultimately God's going to reveal things to her, but I think that's why in that moment, mm. um, wanting to kind of go there and say, let's try to have this come. And it didn't work. Right. I mean, when I shared, it was like, okay, like, <laughs> we'll, we'll just pray about it. You know, and I found myself speechless. I didn't know how to answer that mm. question at the time. But I think, um, yeah, I think to kind of go back to your original question of, you know, I think for me, as they grow up, the one thing I want them to know with for certainty is that God loves them unconditionally. Mm. Uh, all the other theological stuff I feel will get there. Right. But kind of that objective and subjective belief that, mm -hmm. yeah, man, God just loves me. Mm. You know, so in light of that, when conversations come up, I try to have those conversations, but it's hard with kids. Yeah. Right. And you realize like, okay, like I don't just have to, tell them mm -hmm. i gotta like show them i gotta teach them and, I, and we see that in the great commission mm -hmm. right baptize them in the name of the father the son the holy spirit and, and teach them mm -hmm. to obey yeah. which is different than tell them to obey mm -hmm. <laughs> tell them to believe mm -hmm. tell them what to think tell them to obey teach them to 
And that's true of like discipleship. And I think with our kids too. So trial and error (laughs) with our kids and the younger generation. But um, yeah, I think it's something, it's both, uh, it's an amazing privilege, Mm. you know, but a a huge responsibility where, you know, just kind of looking through my, um, just this, you know, vision sheet that I kind of create for myself. And, and I put like, something about you know family first and i put there's there's a lot of pastors but you know my kids only get one dad yeah. right and i think you know we kind of wrestle with this tension of ministry and, and being a parent like you know our people at our church i love being their pastor but there are a lot of pastors and, and they're going to have a lot of pastors and god god's going to provide with different leaders in their life but kids only get one dad yeah you know and, and wanting to be faithful and, and a steward of that yeah, thanks for sharing. That's a really good reminder. I mean, it's couldn't be the clearest job description. It's like the only thing we're indispensable in, mm-hmm. <laughs> truly indispensable. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, appreciate appreciate you sharing. Yeah, well, thank you. Cool. Well, with, uh, in light of kind of what we've talked about, uh, Christmas, the idea of incarnation, um, is there anything you guys want to add to that? Any other thoughts? Uh, that you want to share anything you'd want to encourage our church church with before we uh sign off no i i'm i'm good i think i'm reminded of the hope i think john as you're talking about just that line the best is yet to come Hmm. is that is a powerful exercise to fill in the blank you know best is yet to come because Mm -hmm. and uh, that could be something worth I think leaning into this season. Yeah. Well, Hey, that's a great, perfect way to, to end our time together. Thanks for that final encouragement and uh, appreciate you both being here as always. It's great to just, I love hearing how God is moving in, in, in your hearts, just personally, individually as, as sons, uh, but also as leaders here at this church and how you minister and how you lead. And um, yeah, blessed by that. And I know that those who are listening are blessed by that as well. So thanks for being here, both of you guys. Cool. Thanks, yeah, sir. thanks for having us. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you enjoyed the podcast.